This is episode 11 of the Aligned Action Podcast. It's a very special episode because it was recorded live. So if you notice that the sound quality is a little bit different from the usual episodes, that is why. We had a live event on Zoom, myself and five panelists and some audience members, and got together to talk about playing small patterns, what it feels like to be in alignment, and one action that really helped to drive forward the businesses of my amazing panelists who are featured in this very first Spark Possibilities event. Keep listening to hear from them and check out the show notes to find how you can connect with each and every one of our panelists. You're listening to the Aligned Action Podcast, the show that helps baffled beginners and even experienced entrepreneurs set intentions, attract ideal clients, and make meaning and money using real-life examples, an interactive teaching style, and in-episode experiences. I'm your host, Chantal, an educator-turned-web designer and aligned business mentor at Clear Quartz Creative. Together, we'll get past your playing small patterns and transform your all-over-the-place ideas into exciting possibilities so you can get the clarity you want, have the alignment you need, and embody the steps to grow your business your way. So take a deep breath, settle in with intention, and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the very first Spark Possibilities live podcast episode. This is a very special episode, and I have some amazing special guests that I am excited to introduce you to. Uh, This is a live event uh, that's going to happen quarterly. And if you're listening on the podcast recording and you're wondering what's up with the audio, you're going to hear six of us uh, speaking and we're just going to roll with it. Uh, The concept here is for you to learn a little bit from your peers, uh, learn that you're not as far behind in business as you might think that you are. And we're going to chat about some patterns that keep us blocked what alignment actually feels like, and one action that changed everything for you uh, or for our panelists in business. So uh, we're going to kick it off with some introductions. Uh, I'm going to go completely at random here. Rachel, would you like to unmute yourself and introduce yourself to the group? Hey, okay. So I'm Rachel and I combine and blend human design and copywriting to help women uncover what their true authentic voice is and give their message to the world. Um, so that's me. Amazing. Thanks, Rachel. Presh. Hey everyone. I am Presh Rogers and I am what I like to call a Pinterest badass and I help coaches, content creators, and service providers basically drive more um, people and profit to their business using Pinterest. Amazing. And Lourdes? Yeah, I'm Luida Still um, from Manitoba. I'm a flower grower in natural dyer and um, growing magic. Um, Growings are creating magic. Um, I believe that it's just right in our fingertips. And I do that by cultivating flowers uh, that I also use as a natural dye. Awesome. And Jadia? Hi, I'm Jadia. I am a sales and money mindset coach. And I help new coaches get over their money mindset trash so they can get their first clients and make their first sales. Nice. And last but not least, Sna. I think 
She may be frozen. So, um, yes, we'll come back to, we'll come back to her. Uh, so we'll kick off the, the questions for our panelists here. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the patterns. So if you in the audience uh, are listening and you haven't done the quiz yet, you're going to want to do that. Pause this episode and do that now. Even if you're listening live, you can always, um, you can always multitask here. Uh, I won't tell. Uh, so the what playing small pattern is holding you back in biz quiz is designed to help you figure out which pattern is blocking you right now. So many patterns will likely block you throughout your entrepreneurial career and that's normal and to be expected. And it's not to say that you, you know, identify with just one pattern. It's likely that you'll experience more than one, uh, over the course of entrepreneurship. But the point of the quiz is to help identify what is blocking you right now. So each of our panelists has taken the quiz and they are uh, going to tell you what the result was and what that means for them and how that's showing up for them. And we'll actually, because Noah's, Noah's back now, so we're going to start with you to introduce yourself and then we'll let you flow right into the pattern and how it shows up for you in business present and business past. Hi guys, sorry about that. <laughs> Um, my name is Naha and I'm a wedding planner in Edmonton, Alberta, and I love to work with couples who are focused on the experience and really creating a great event to celebrate with their loved ones. And for the quiz, I got focused to a fault and I feel like this one describes me perfectly um, because a lot of times in my business, it's easy for me to be fixated on one problem. And when I see things from the outside, when I'm looking at a wedding with a couple um, or an event that I'm planning, it's easy for me to take a step back and see the bigger picture. But I find that with my business, I can get so fixated on one problem and not want to move forward until I solve it. And uh, it's something that I've gotten over a little bit in the last few years, but definitely something that I still need to make sure that I'm aware of all the time. Um, because it always creeps back up. That's so interesting that you notice it more on working on your business as opposed to working with clients. That's fascinating. I hadn't even thought about that, um, that dynamic when I was creating the quiz. So thanks for bringing that up. That opens up like a whole other <laughs> potential for, for episodes there. That's really interesting. Um, Anybody, I'll just let the panelists kind of unmute uh, themselves when they want to jump in. So uh, who wants to go next? I'll go since I got the same thing as she did. Um, I also got focused to a fault. And I also um, saw it more as something with my business um, because I am kind of sort of a perfectionist. So certain things, I really um, know that it's holding me back from actually getting to what I want to do, or the bigger picture, because I'm so focused on this one thing that has to be perfect, when really, it probably does not need to be perfect. So it's something that I um, try to work on more in general, and I've been trying to work on more. So it was really interesting to get that um, as my results. Yeah, for sure. Um, and do you want to, um, do you want to hop in on this, Rachel? I think yours was similar, your result? Fear of failure, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Failure fixation. Failure fixation. That's what it was. Um, yeah. So in human design, I don't know how many are you are familiar with human design, 
but the spleen is like all about fears. And I have a defined spleen and a whole bunch of gates lit up in the spleen. So fear is like, is big and always has been in my life. Um, and fear of failure, fear of the past catching up with me, fear of that, like my choices are wrong or that I'm going down the wrong path. And like all of these fears that would come up and they, I wouldn't say it necessarily stopped me from doing the thing, but it would be a mind trick. It would be my mind going, well, you can do the thing all you want, but <laughs> it's not going to work out the way you want or whatever. Um, and it would just be like my mind being a big old B to me um, in fear of whatever it was. Um, and I think understanding my human design was like, it made a lot of sense. A lot of the mind talk that was coming up. So for me and now it's it's just observing those stuff and being like oh that's interesting I don't really care I'm gonna keep going or I'm gonna rewrite whatever that fear is I'm like yeah that is a fear that is there but it doesn't mean that it has to be the future um, totally to create the future so yeah deciding that it doesn't have to define you is yeah. already like a huge step in the right direction right yeah exactly yeah yeah I would love to piggyback off of that because I, now I need to go back to my chart, Rachel, because I feel like, I think mine might be undefined, but I also got the same result as you. Um, failure fixation, I think it was called. And I feel like I run through a billion scenarios when I'm starting something as to how that thing can go wrong instead of all of the ways that it can go right. And sometimes I, I'm so gung-ho for something and then I completely talk myself out of it. Um, and so I'm trying to work with myself and make things a little bit more simpler in my business and in my life so that the tried and true things I can stand behind and that I believe in are the things I move forward with. But um, something I love about myself and I think all of you guys are probably um, also, because you're entrepreneurs too, is I love taking risks. I love trying things and seeing what happens. So I feel like I'm constantly fighting against that fear in myself. It sounds like you figured out ways though, to move forward from that. And even though it comes up, just recognize it and acknowledge it and then keep doing the thing anyways, which is awesome. And Lourdes, do you want to go next on your pattern? Yeah, and I think I'm the, I'm the only one with this pattern. It's the inner spinner pattern. And it's very, um, actually, when, it, when I took the quiz, um, it is very um, present in my life right now, maybe the last two weeks. Um, yeah, and in this, okay, so I, the, the flower farm has been completely planted at the beginning of, of uh, June. So now it really freed up a lot of my time. And um, last week I could have like um, taken the week off, but then I keep um, thinking, hey, I have a long list of like, I should be catching up. And then, but then I can't really get on it. Like I have a long list, I have a lot of like free time. And then now I could have just like taken the week off like last week and then and would have been like a fresh start like this week. So now my inner spinner pattern is I keep going back to that, the things that I should have done you know, went and just like let it go and then do the things that I need to do today. Um, what's playing in my mind right now is I shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, when, um, and so I, I feel like I'm on, a, uh, I'm on a hamster wheel right now, um, having all of the options that, to what to do like this week. 
um, but then I, I can't focus, you know, so I know how to get on off the spinner wheel. And that is like with your, I listened to your episode, episode six, uh, Chantel, and change of scenery, which is, you know, I have such an abundant here right now because I could just like get out of the office and then, and it was helping actually this last couple of days, you know, just doing that block time. Um, and then, yeah, like just have that change of scenery and then come back again and, and do the things that I need to do in front of my computer. Um, yeah, and I think with my personal, I'm not too um, fluent on the human design, but I, but, but with the Enneagram, I associate with um, number seven, which is like the enthusiast. So I think that I thrive in having a lot of like those options, but it could also be detrimental to my growth as an entrepreneur because I stuff my time with so much that I can't actually finish them. So I am a beginner. I, I am, I'm good at beginning a lot of things than uh, having a hard time seeing it to the finish line. Yeah, I'm seeing some nods there. I think you're not the only one of our panelists who feels that way. Looks like you've got some company. Um, <clears throat> Lotus, I know that you were saying that you have, um, you've been working on like a business plan, right? Um, is that inner spinner coming in for you there too, where you're kind of overthinking and second guessing and is that coming up there as well? Yes, and also I think it's not very fun to do. <laughs> That's on my personality. If it doesn't give me pleasure and fun, even though it is a necessary uh, work to do, oh, swear, like it's not, it's not gonna be my top priority. So it was fun doing it in winter, right? Because I can't go out and then this will help kind of like doing the business plan so I can get my loan application to build this to die studio. So a lot of um, future thinking on that. But then now, since, you know, it's all lush and green, I want to do that more than getting stuck in my office, finishing the edit, the revision that I need to do with the business plan. Does it make that, sense? That makes a lot of sense. Um, Lourdes, I know none of you have seen it, but she has the most amazing outdoor office um, that <laughs> I am jealous of every time we're on a call. It's it's like outdoors. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the workshop, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, so that's how, so it was very timely when I did the quiz and it's like, yeah, this is what I'm experiencing right now. This is where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is that even when we work on those patterns, you know, they're going to keep, I think, appearing for most of us, we're just going to get better at recognizing them and then better at handling them. I think there's always going to be those little voices, um, that are saying, you know, you're, you're, I'm afraid of this, or I don't know what to focus on, or I'm overthinking this It's always going to come up. But of course, the goal is that the more that we know what our like our ruts are, where those uh, where those voices come up the most for us, that we're able to then um, see that go, OK, that's what's happening. I've been through this before. I know how to handle this and I know how to move forward. Um, and of course, what we're trying to move through um, through that pattern is to move into alignment. Um, which is where we're heading next in this panel conversation to talk about what alignment is for each one of us. And I'm really excited to hear what this is from all of our panelists, because 
I mean, I know what alignment is for me. And of course, if you're listening, you're working through what alignment feels like for you, but I'm hoping that in hearing five different voices, um, of that, you might just hear something that sparks a little bit of that possibility for you on, um, how to recognize your own alignment better, how to know when you're in alignment, what it looks like, what it feels like. Uh, so I'm very pumped to shift into this next question. Um, and who wants to kick it off? Jadia, do you want to start? Yes. I was thinking of how I was going to explain this because I'm a very like feelings and emotion driven person. So it's hard for me to articulate it, but the, the best way I can say it is my inner knowing feels at peace. And so something that might have felt like it was in alignment when the season of life switches or my priorities switch, I always can get back into realignment by checking that inner knowing. And because I'm so feelings-based, I really go based on my body. So the way that I kind of check in with myself is identifying the feelings that I'm feeling, where am I feeling that in my body? And because I have lived in my own head for the past 30 years, I can pretty much quickly identify um, what I want and if something is not aligned with that. So um, I really just kind of sit with myself, do a body scan, do a little check-in with myself. And um, if that inner knowing is not at peace, it always shows up in my body. Tension in my neck. I get this like muscle spasm in the same spot. And that always reminds me, hey, there's something not right here. Um, so, and then I'll start like not feeling grounded. So I kind of like go through that body scan um, to check for, for alignment and to get myself back in it. So um, also because I know that voice and I know the feeling of my inner knowing, I can... Um, identify like what needs to shift. So bottom line, just really being in tune with my, with my inner self and um, not like guilting myself for what I do really want or what I do really need, even if that's changed from what I've said to myself before. I hope that makes sense. It does. Yeah. I'm actually, I think I've really seen your like not chasing alignment, chasing is not the right word, but I think I've seen that evolve over the year that we've known each other. Um, because when we first met, you were a little bit newer to the woo in a sense, right? Like, um, just to tell the story quickly, I met Jodhia inside, uh, someone else's program and I basically joined it because I wanted to be her friend. <laughs> we had met on Instagram, but I, I really wanted to be friends with her. And so I was like, Hey, we could be buddies go and going through this course together. And, and so that's what we did. We were like accountability buddies for this course, but it was about like bringing the woo into business a little bit. Um, and then I think I've just kind of observed you through the year, like make your, your like little shifts and little pivots towards finding that alignment. You've made some big changes in the last year or two to follow that alignment. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I was new to the woo in business. So that yeah. it was really, that was part of the realignment of like these things in my personal life. And I'm so connected to my spiritual life, but it wasn't involved at all in my business. So I'm really thankful that you, you went through that with me. Yeah, it was a great learning experience. Um, I always do better in a course when I have a buddy. <laughs> So thank you for being that person. And I'm so glad we're friends. It all worked out. 
All right. Um, who would like to go next? Let's tell us about alignment. Go ahead and unmute yourselves. I can go. Um, I was going to wait because I feel like my answer is so similar to hers in no sense. And then it definitely is a feeling. Like, I feel like you just kind of know without just, it's just a feeling. It's hard to really explain, like put into words how it feels when you are in alignment. I think it's, it's always a journey to kind of know what feels good and what doesn't. And once you really kind of learn what feels good for you, that's how you kind of know. And it's really like she was saying, really sitting in, like sitting with yourself and really like, like having like that body scan or that mental scan to really actually act yourself is this something that feels good so for me I know I always try to focus on making sure that I you know work with the type of clients I want to work with um if it doesn't feel good if you know the call doesn't feel good anymore if you know the working with the client doesn't feel any good anymore it's something that I have to have a conversation with myself about and letting it go and I've learned that letting go clients or not working with certain clients has actually made me feel better knowing that those clients weren't for me they just wasn't in, in alignment with what I was looking for it didn't feel good so it's definitely something that for me I know it's a feeling it's just when I'm in alignment I'm just always happy I'm joyous I'm energetic um my top strengths are positivity. So if I'm like always upbeat and energetic, I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm really in alignment with what I want to do. And I'm feeling drained. It's like, hmm, maybe I need to really check in with myself. So for me, that's really how it is. Yeah, totally. Thanks for sharing. Um, you mentioned something about like, like when clients no longer feel aligned. Um, can I ask like, how do you know, like, you just mentioned the positivity bit, but mm -hmm. is there any kind of thing that is like a, an outside clue, uh, that tells you like, mm, this is not right for me anymore. This is, this is now taking me out of alignment. Um, for me, it's just, if I work on something, um, and sometimes it might not be the client. It might be the work that I'm doing for the client is no longer in, in alignment with what I want to do. So for example, um, if I'm working with a client and I realize as I'm doing the work, I feel like drained. I used to not feel that way before, but now I do. That's a sign for me. Like maybe I need to outsource this piece of, you know, this client work or outsource this entire client. Maybe I still want to work with them in the sense, but maybe just, I don't want to do that kind of work anymore. And that's something as we grow as a business is usually you're growing as a CEO. And so the things that you want to do kind of changes as you continue to grow. And like, for me, I used to love posting on social media. Now it's like, I don't really have the time like I used to, or I, you know, that's like the last thing on my list to do, because it's like, I have all these other things that I really want to do. So it's like, it's not that I might not enjoy it as much. It's just where I am in business is no longer really there. And it's the same thing for clients. So it's just like a feeling of like, if this is now draining me, maybe I need to really see if it's something I can outsource or, or something that I just no longer really want to do anymore. Yeah, for sure. I, I haven't seen your human design chart, but I'm going to guess that you're a manifesting generator. You talk like a manifesting generator. That's my guess. Probably. Um, uh, someone else has told me that I've never taken it, so I'm not sure, but, um, people have told me that as well. So it probably yeah. <laughs> chasing that like excited feeling is super, I'm a manifesting generator, super manifesting generator of us to like 
chase that feeling of excitement rather than that feeling of like frustration or feeling drained for sure. yeah if, if I start feeling drained it's just like okay now <laughs> this yeah, isn't if it, it doesn't light you up anymore then it doesn't make yes. sense to keep doing it right no exactly totally um Naha or Lord who wants to go next yeah I can go I would say that I'm actually very very similar I for me I can tell based on my energy and when I'm working with a couple that I love to work with um, it's, it's usually because they are very focused on the experience and celebrating with their loved ones. And that's, what's most important to them. Um, and that's when I get really excited and really creative. And when they can call me a hundred times in a day and it wouldn't bother me at all. Um, but then when I work with people that I'm not, they're not a hundred percent aligned with my values, uh, then I do feel drained and I do feel like, they can call me once, once a week. And I'm like, have to gather all of my strength to, to give them what they need. Um, and to really, uh, just make sure that I'm doing my job to the best of my ability. Um, but that's how I know with my energy levels. And it's good that we have, uh, you know, clients that we can talk to before they hire us to see if we are a good fit. And I have become better with, uh, recognizing that before we work together, which is really great. Um, but yeah, for me, it's definitely energy levels uh, that affects my alignment. That's such a good point about calls and learning how to read that. I find that too, the longer I'm in business, the more I can tell just even just like tone in an email, like you just start to be able to kind of see um, like, yes, this is like moving towards a fit of alignment or no, this is moving away. And I'm glad that you brought up values because I think often like when people hear alignment in business, they're like aligned to what, <laughs> you know, like, what am I aligning to? But part of that aligning to self is that aligning to values so much. Um, and I can definitely see that with like the work that you do, because there's, there's all sorts of values from all sorts of couples, right. As they're planning, but, um, I know we've talked about this before, how those, those couples that are really thoughtful and really focused on like the meaning of marriage, as opposed to just that, that celebration, um, really light you up. Yeah, of course. And I love pretty things. I love luxury weddings. If I can do just those for the rest of my life, I'll be happy. But at the same time, if I had to choose between, uh, planning a luxury wedding and planning a not so luxury wedding with a couple that I can relate to a little bit more compared to a luxury wedding with a couple that I, I don't feel like align with my values, then I would, I would choose the less luxury wedding all the time. Cause like I said, while I love pretty things, it's my energy throughout the whole thing. My creativity is not going to be there um, because I love working with people. So that, that component needs to be there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's like pretty things are great, but pretty values are even better. <laughs> All right. Lourdes, do you want to go next? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad that it's just my turn because you said something, Chantel, about um, alignment to what. So I'm like, I did the quiz uh, and then I thought about like, I'm gonna, what's going to be my answer today, but I'm also still like figuring out how am I going to articulate this? What alignment looks like for me. Someone said too that their business is very aligned with the spirituality that I feel like my business, um, my, the alignment was happening, I don't know, 
since 2018 when I started the business that um, only now um, that, that, that I can really say that what I'm doing right now, like grow, what is the growing joy for me and, and how am I, um, how am I doing that in my business and also like creating magic? It, it didn't come overnight. Um, it took longer than I wanted to, but also I'm glad that it's uh, becoming clear to me just now because I feel like it is aligned to my values because I was like, how am I going to put sustainability? How am I going to say that in, in a flower farm, right? Even though it kind of seems obvious, but I want it to sound authentic coming from me. So now I know how the sustainability aspect of the flower farm is and also how the Natural Dye Studio came out of the business, which is Chantal, when we were working on the, on the, on the website last year, it was not, um, it was not in the picture at all, but like as summer progressed last year, that is where my energy, my values, my passion uh, led me to. And now it is an integral part of my business and will be in the years to come because now I'm into like training and programs right now that it may, the, the, the fruit of it, of the work may not be very evident now, but it will be in the one, three, five years down the road from my business. So now, yeah, I am growing joy through cultivating flowers in the heart of Canada, but also like creating this magic from the flower and the flower, the dye that I get from the flowers that I grow that um, it is in an alignment for me. And it's so interesting because I did not, you know, like sometimes our alignment is like with our ideal customer. I think I only identify my ideal customer after I identify what is fun for me. You know, um, that first, and then now, what would feel aligned for me right now? Now, knowing who is my my best customer or my ideal customer. Now, if I'm feeling like clutter or or, or over the place, what would my I my ideal customer? The name is Jennifer. What would Jennifer would like to hear from me now, or like what to see on my Instagram page? You know, so so that is now in in relation to my customer. Now that I know who I'm, I'm serving, then that is what how alignment. I'm having fun, but also how is Jennifer gonna have fun, you know, uh, as my part of my community? That's so fascinating. You hit on some amazing points. Uh, two of them I want to talk about for sure. Um, one of them is that that alignment is harder to see and harder to feel at the beginning than it is the longer that we are in business, right? So like all six people are nodding their heads. Yes. Here that at the beginning, that alignment is very difficult to feel and sense. And it's like, we don't have enough experience yet to really understand, um, what that feels like in our bodies, what that manifests as in our businesses. Um, and we do make, I find like just more aligned choices as we go on, because we have more information, we have more like of a rich experience to draw from that. That is what grows our alignment over time. Um, and, and as soon as we start making more aligned choices, like it's like a snowball effect, right? You want to keep making more aligned choices because it starts feeling so much better. Um, and so it's totally normal to be at the beginning and not know what that alignment is. I know like for myself, I had the idea to start, I thought about starting a podcast early on in business because I'm a talker. And so I thought it would be a good medium for me, but if I had started a podcast back then, it would not have had like an ounce of the intention or the alignment that it does now. Uh, and I just wasn't there yet. Like I needed to experience other things before starting this show because it would have been the world's most basic and boring 
one-on-one interview show (laughs) imaginable had I started it back then because I didn't know what was aligned to me. And that leads into the second thing you said, Lourdes, about alignment to our ideal client, right? So we've got alignment to values, alignment to self, alignment to ideal client. It's like I coached you all on these answers, but I promise I didn't. (laughs) Alignment to ideal client is like huge around here at Clear Quartz Creative. I talk about this all the time. And I love that over the last year, as you're growing that new part of your business, you are uh, leaning more into that feeling of like, what does my alignment with self mean for my alignment with my ideal client? And how do I join those two? And where do I, where do I meet in the middle on that? Um, so it's been fascinating to watch you grow as a, as a business owner in this last year and grow these new avenues. And I can't wait to see what's coming up next for you and for Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Chantelle. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Rachel, do you want to go next? Okay. I feel like I'm going to take this in a little bit of another direction even. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I feel like alignment for me has been trusting intuition. So initially in starting my own business um, like 14 years ago and not trusting, not understanding who I was, not um, just not trusting myself. So I go out and I seek other people's strategies, look at what other people are doing, push and pull and do all these things that are not me, not the way I'm supposed to work. Right. Um, and then discovering human design and how I'm supposed to work and how intuition comes through for me and tuning into that and leaning into that even more and more and really getting into like the feminine intuition. And, um, now that I trust my intuition, um, that's what alignment feels like for me. So if I start to feel anxious or, um, just like that, almost like flighty, like you feel like you're going to like fly away. Um, that's when I know that I'm like, Ooh, I'm identifying as something that is not me. So really pulling back and going, what is that? And then, um, saying, just kind of blessing it and releasing it. Um, but then trusting the ideas that come to me or trusting the, um, since I'm a manifesting generator, don't create ideas from your, your idea or don't create from your ideas, ladies, uh, trusting the things that show up in my environment that I respond to that I'm like, Ooh, that sounds like really fun. And trusting my, Ooh, that sounds like fun or Ooh, that's satisfying and going with that and that and trusting that that's going to lead where it needs to lead, uh, and not overthinking it. I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Self-trust is huge and self-trust is hard, right? It's like a process to like get better at self-trust and more consistent with self-trust. Um, that's definitely a lesson learned well through entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Well, I think we're taught to like, that we're not like that our parents know better that our the teachers know better that everybody else outside of us knows better than we know ourselves. And it's the getting rid of all of that to be able to go, no, I do. I know what's best for me. I know what's best in the right direction. And when I feel really good, when I like trust that that's, that's alignment for me. I really love that. I think that's, that's, probably one of the definitions that we're all kind of working towards. And I love the way that you phrased it. 
Um, yeah. Okay. And our last question for our panelists is all about action. The podcast is called aligned action. So we've talked about alignment, what that feels like, what that looks like. And now we're shifting into that action bit. So, um, a concept that I'm, well, I've had in my mind for a while, but I'm only starting to make it, you know, kind of front facing is this concept of like the most valuable action. So when I'm spending time on, I don't know, Instagram, because it's easy and we all spend too much time on it. When I'm spending time on Instagram, is my time spent there the most valuable action that I can take? Or is it kind of the lazy way out? <laughs> like, am I, am I phoning it in? Um, what is the most valuable action I can take on this platform or in this strategy or in this part of my business? And so my goal with this question is to um, tease out or talk about what those different most valuable actions are for each of us. Because I think even on any single platform, that answer is going to be different from business owner to business owner, because our most valuable actions are linked to our strengths. They're not just, you know, following someone's top 10 tips for, I don't know, getting clients from Facebook groups, for example. It's what it's our mixture of what alignment feels like for us and what our strengths and strategies are combined with the potentials for whatever platform or whatever strategy. Uh, so I've asked all of our panelists to talk to us about one action that changed everything or one action that really helped to move things forward, something pivotal, no pressure. <laughs> so uh, I will, I'll just pick someone to start here. Um, Naha, would you like to begin this? Yeah, sure. Uh, so when I read that question originally, I immediately thought of um, the thing that changed everything for me is when I stopped looking at everyone else and just looked at myself. And I don't know if this fully answers the question. So if it doesn't, I'll, I'll give another <laughs> action uh, that, that really helped me. But for me, I am the first um, Muslim and Arab wedding planner in my province. So and everyone I know has never hired a wedding planner before. And I go to a lot of weddings uh, in a typical wedding season. When I'm not planning weddings, I'm usually invited to a wedding almost every single weekend of the summer. So I go to a lot of weddings and I've never seen a wedding planner before in my life. Nobody understood what it was. So I didn't fully understand it when I decided that I wanted to get into wedding planning and I had to look a lot at what other planners were doing, not just in my province, but around the world. And just to understand more about the role of a wedding planner and the services I would offer and everything like that. But when I started planning weddings for the couples that I love to work with, uh, I found that not everything worked for me the same way it did for everyone else. And because I love working with couples who are family oriented and uh, really value the experience, I found that most planners focus more on design planning and vendor coordination. Whereas like, while I love to do those things and that they are part of my job, I found that working very closely with the couple and their families was also a huge part of my job. Um, and that's something that I haven't seen a planner around me offer before, and I didn't really know how to go about it, but I knew that it would be best for my couples and that it would give me the best results and make me feel like I was doing my job to the best of my ability. Um, 
and providing the best possible service for my couples. So when I started doing that, even though I didn't really have anyone to look to uh, and, it, and I succeeded in that, then I started thinking, well, what if I didn't look to anyone else for all of the other services I offer and the other ways that I do things? Um, while I really value education and I love learning from other people, um, I didn't have to do things exactly the way they did them. And when I started to do that is when I really started to feel good about the work I was doing. And when I started to get better results for my couples and much better feedback as well. That's so amazing. if that doesn't answer, I have another answer, but I hope that is does. There, is there like something that you did to like narrow your lens a little bit to like keep your eyes on your own path? Is there something that you did to kind of close off those methods of comparison? Um, in the very first wedding that I did, I had a couple that came back from their photo session and they were not happy. And like, as a planner, I'm not supposed to be there for their photo session technically, but, um, and I was at the venue and just coordinating everything, making sure their decor was being set up nicely. And when they came back and they weren't in a good mood, that made me feel horrible. I, how could I have, like, it doesn't matter how beautiful their venue was at that point. It doesn't matter how perfectly everything went. If they're not in a good mood, how are they going to enjoy the night? And so it wasn't really, it, it took me some time to really catch on, but I realized right away that what I did for that wedding was not going to work. And I was never going to let that happen again. So I did start hanging around more with the couple on the wedding day, uh, not just checking in with them, but making sure that either I or somebody from my team was with them the entire day. Um, and I've really stepped into that role this year when I just kind of started over comparing myself to other planners and was like, why do I offer this service? Do I need to? But then I realized that most of the people that hire me hire me because of that service that I offer. Um, I call it bridal styling. So uh, somebody that's with the couple all day instead of just checking in with them here and there. And just in the past year and a half, I've really stepped into that and embraced it. But I noticed it from the first wedding and it just became clear from the weddings after that. That's so cool. It seems like, like what I'm hearing from that is that the big action was really doubling down on client experience and making that your unique selling proposition sounds like yeah exactly Super cool thanks for sharing um Rachel do you want to go next okay so I think the biggest thing that may have the biggest difference was um anytime I was about to do any type of content or whether it was live or written or or uh, client call or anything related to my business really was um I would meditate and make sure that I was in my own energy and wasn't worrying about anything else or thinking about anything else, but I was truly in my energy and kind of like get my sacral going. It's like a little motor, <laughs> um, get all excited about when like jazzed up about what I was going to be doing and um, just really wanting to show up as me as much as possible. And when I did that, then it, it not only gave me confidence with my own voice, but I feel like it helps others um, realize that their voice is important too, that they can use their voice and, um, and make a difference for other people. So I don't know if that, does that answer yeah, <laughs> is that a thing? Is that sure. a doing? 
I like how that action is like a repeated action. That's like a habit, right? Like a ritual that you've set. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to, I've tried to set that one myself and I'm, I'm going to ask a selfish question here, but yeah. is there anything that helped you to establish that as like a consistent habit? Cause I've, I've, I on and off do that. I do that with yeah. the podcast, uh, before yeah. I record an episode, uh, but I haven't been totally consistent in other, other ways. So I'm curious if there's any way that you like helped yourself learn that, that action. I would say I'm not consistent either. Mm -hmm. Um, so don't feel bad. <laughs> Um, I do it. I, I think I do it about 75% of the time. So, mm -hmm. and I noticed, um, I think what allowed me to be more consistent was I started to notice what would happen after when I did and when I didn't. And that would make me really go, Oh my God, I really need to do that because it did make such a difference in the way people were commenting, the way people would show up the way, like just the results, the energy that came back was so much more impactful when I did it versus when I didn't do it. So therefore it just made me go and it's not negotiable. Now I have to do it. Right. Right. Experience became the best teacher. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Presh, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, I think for me, I definitely can say um, about being more authentic and just showing up as you, but I'll go a little different. And I will say that for me, it was probably like letting go of like that hustle mindset or that mindset of wanting to be booked out and busy. I really don't want to be busy. <laughs> so, um, really letting that go and realizing that the way my energy is set up, that I really have to learn how to, um, basically thrive when I am high energy and things like that. You know, as women, we have great weeks and then we have weeks that we have no energy and learning how to show up and like your best stuff during the times that you have high energy really was able for me to change up how I showed up and really let go of that like pressure to have to show up all the time, always have to be on, always have to, you know, be on marketing all the time. And it's like, you don't really have to do all of that to actually be success successful. You can still be successful without doing all the things and really burning out yourself because I don't want to be burned out. I really just want to have my days where I Netflix binge. I Netflix binge a lot. So, and people on my in my community know that I love to Netflix binge. And that's because I really make it a, like, I want to talk about the importance of rest. So when I started doing that, it really made me feel like more happier and in line with my business. And really, that's been really something that really helped me actually grow as a business. It sounds like your big action was giving yourself permission for some inaction. Yeah, very much giving yourself cool. grace to be like, you can take the weekend off or the week off or rest whenever you need to or the day off because you don't have to do all the things, you know, your, your business is going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to ask the question. I'm sure everyone's wondering, but what are you watching on Netflix now? What am I watching on Netflix? I'm actually not, <laughs> um, but I want to watch manifest, but then I just heard it got canceled. Oh. <laughs> so I heard it got canceled. So I'm like, I don't know. I might still watch it though. I might still watch it. I actually finished the circle recently. Um, okay. I don't know if you guys heard of that. It's like a reality show where it's like, they are, they can't talk to each other. They, they talk through like this thing called the circle, which is like social media. And it's really kind of cool. I actually want to go on the show for my own fun reason, <laughs> but yes. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Uh, Jadia, do you want to go next? 
Yes. First, I will say I'm currently binging Manifest, so you totally should. And I feel like every Netflix show I fall in love with gets canceled. Oh my God. That's (gasps) the worst. So I always, I heard about that on Twitter and I was like, do I want to watch it now? But I think it's three seasons, so I still might work, watch it though. You should. It's so good. I just finished Travelers, which I think is three seasons and they canceled it. And I'm like, come on, why am I finding these things late? But I also love a good Netflix binge. So thank you for talking about that. Cause that does not make you a bad business owner. Cause it is like the hustle and the grind. It's like, you know, you're watching hours of TV when you could be doing this. And I'm like, yeah, but why can't I do both? <laughs> why can't I do both <laughs> and still make money? Like it's possible. It's really much possible. Yeah, I love that. I love it so much. Um, For me, I think I will say doing more of what works because also as a manifesting generator, um, I get bored of my business a lot. And I had to remind myself that like, business is not the avenue in which I can get my jollies. Like I need to have other things going on in my life that excite me and do things with friends, like take myself on artist creative dates, you know, explore my city, like all of those kinds of things and just have, you know, interesting friendships and all that kind of stuff. Hobbies. I like, I didn't even know what those were for the first like two years of my business. And so when I stopped just doing what interested me and like playing around in my own business to make myself feel fulfilled um, and just like asked my clients, why are you attracted to me? Like what even brought you to me? What is it that you like that I do? And really just took from that and doubled down on that. That's when my business became so much easier. I had a whole bunch of more free time to actually enjoy my life outside of my business. And it also gave me some sense of my own identity back because I think I lost myself in, in who I am inside my business and who I show up as for my business is only a small sliver of who I really am inside of the rest of my life. So um, I felt like I was only a shell for so long and I was just like focused on who I needed to be for my ideal clients and who I needed to be on Instagram. And now I spend so much more time not on Instagram. So, um, but I can still show up and I can still do what works and I can still make money and then my business runs and then I have amazing clients and I get to have all of that just because I'm only taking the actions that I already know works. And that's been a game changer. Can I ask you more about how you engage in that conversation with clients? Is that like, has asking them for that feedback just become part of your practice or is it sort of like a, um, like a a process that outgoing clients go through once they've finished in a container or what does that look like? Can I ask that? Yeah, of course. It started off super cash. (laughs) I would just like having conversations with my clients. I would either drop in questions to get more information from them um, at the end of some of our calls. Um, and then it became more of an actual process. So it now is weaved into the types of questions I ask when people book sales calls with me. Um, I have it at, in terms of um, the intake forms that all of my clients do when we're first starting to work together. I always have a midpoint check-in with them. Um, and then I have an outgoing check-in with them. So I'm constantly checking in to grab that information and see how they're progressing. And that also helps me compare because um, 
I'm able, they're all parts of my ideal clients. And the more that I've been able to really focus in on my messaging, focus in on who I want to work with, the more alike they all are. So now I can kind of see more across the board their answers. But at first, before I had all of that, um, I would just compare. So the people I really loved working with, I would compare their like data and their answers and their responses. And then I would do more of that to attract more of them. And then I would pay attention to the people I didn't love <laughs> working with so much. And I would start steering clear of what attracted them. So um, this is just now a natural part of my process. But at first it just started off as conversations. And I'm constantly having conversations in my DMs with ideal clients. Um, never knock a good market research call. Like even though I'm like three years into my business now, I very much go back to basics often. So my most important thing is, is getting to know my ideal client so I can talk more directly to her. And so um, that's not wasted time for me. I'm constantly talking to them. That's so fascinating. I love hearing how that went from like Kind of, not an afterthought, but like just this tiny little piece of a thing that you did to being so central. That's another, that's another like following that alignment thing, right? Like you started feeling into, Hey, that really works for me. And then you asked yourself, like, how can I build on that? How can I grow from there? That's so cool. Yeah. Right. It's efficiency too. Cause I didn't want to like be on Instagram forever. I didn't want to waste time talking to people who weren't the right fit. I didn't want to waste time working with people who weren't the wrong fit. And so I started to get like so tired of that drained feeling that, you know, pressure <laughs> talking about that I just only wanted to work with people I really loved working with. So I started just narrowing in by those conversations. So um, the time that I spend doing that saves me time on the back end. Absolutely. Yeah. That's very insightful. Thanks for sharing that, uh, that more in-depth process there. Lourdes, your turn. Yeah. So, um, um, so yeah, I don't know how many of you are um, familiar with the Enneagram. So yeah, so as an enthusiast, um, I have a lot of, um, I welcome a lot of like, what do you call it? Like stimulant, <laughs> you know, like external thing. Like I, I look like outside um, to get me excited, um, energized, right? But then um, it, it's very cliche, but then what it really like makes you feel like joyful is like something within. So my practice or what had changed for me, it's still not consistent, but, um, but embodying my name, my last name still. <laughs> I don't know if you guys believe like um, growing up or maybe in my teenage years, I've always said, or my, I mean, my twenties, I've always said that um, marriage is a divine intervention. And then, you know, and then, and then, and then I moved here and then totally forgot about that. And then now I'm married to a still because stillness is, I, I don't know about that. Like I, it, it's not my life. Like I, to answer this question too, I'm going to share just like one story. So when I used to live in downtown Winnipeg in an apartment, I have a roommate but she was out traveling in the summer and then I spent my weekend with a friend like almost the whole day but then you know summer and then the sun doesn't go down till like 10 in the evening so I got home like seven o'clock and then still daylight and I was having this anxiety attack like I, and, and you know my my and my thinking was I have nothing to do now like how is this it it put me in a very uncomfortable spot so now for me to gain clarity uh, and it's still, this is, I'm still like a work in progress to do, um, to practice stillness, <laughs> um, to do those like even 10 minute meditation because 
when I practice, when I do that practice, it does give me um, clarity. And all of a sudden, oh, I don't need to rush to get all the things that I wanted to do for my business and for myself. My husband too, he's very, we're very opposite in, in, in a way that he'll be happy to just be like on his days off, just reading a book. When me, okay, I'll, I'll read a book, but I'll have a stack of books because what if I get bored with this genre and then I have my other option, right? But then being with him, I learn how to give myself permission to not get things done because there is still like tomorrow. Um, yeah, but for me, I think it was stillness because it. whenever I do that and practice some meditation, sit with my thoughts without external um, stimulant, <laughs> um, and then I, get, I gain clarity and then confidence that what I'm doing is aligned with myself, with my values in my community, you know, my, my best customer will respond to me because, hey, this is what we're doing. We've, we've, um, we've known them from the start. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. I'm not sure if you caught it when you said it, but you said there's still tomorrow. I think it applies there too, right? Like it kind of, that word like snuck in there a little bit, but there's still tomorrow and you don't have to get it all done today. I can see this being an issue because with what you do, like actually having to be in the garden, like gardening for so many people is meditative, right? And I'm sure that it feels like that to you too, but I bet it's like a little bit of a, not an excuse, but a little bit of a, um, like a little trick that you play on yourself of like, well, I'm doing this. It's meditative. I do this all day. That counts. Right. I can see if it were me giving myself a free pass on that and saying, you know, I don't need to sit down and actually be still because gardening is so close to that. <laughs> I know I would bargain it with is. myself. Oh, and then the other one that came up to me. Um, so I'm always in my headspace. I overthink. So I start, I think I started this practice like in winter too. Um, I need to, to bring myself ground that again, and to feel, I have to feel the earth. So if it started in winter, if I'm getting overwhelmed so much in my head, I go out and even barefoot, just, just feel the earth. So it could mean like on a 40 minus 40 day, even for just like five seconds, but just like to make me feel connected to the ground. And now, as long as I've cleaned up the garden, there's no like, I'm not going to trip anywhere, then I do, I, I walk in the garden barefoot, you know, just to feel grounded again, because I'm always here in my head space. That yeah. sounds like a beautiful practice. Thank you for letting us all in on that with you. That's special. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. I'm glad that you ended talking about connection because we're now just going to uh, finish out this uh, episode, this live experience by each of our panelists telling you how you can connect with them uh, moving forward. So I'm just going to go in order on my screen here. Jadia, you are first on my screen. How can the people connect with you? The best way to connect with me is through Instagram. It's just my name at Jadia Quinn. And from there, that will take you everywhere else. Amazing. And I will link uh, everyone in the show notes. You'll be able to really easily click and you can find those show notes for this episode at clearcourtscreative.co slash 11. So slash one, one. All right, Lourdes, you're next. How can people find you? Yeah. Um, Instagram too is where I'm um, active. So it's Masagana Flower Farm, M-A-S-A-G-A-N-A -A -A Flower Farm. 
Um, and on my website too, I do respond to like increase there. So masaganaflowerfarm.com. Yay, thank you. Press your next. Also, Instagram is where I like to say that I um, show up to, uh, to show out my Pinterest shenanigans. So you can definitely follow me there. It's at Presh Rogers, um, P-R-E-S-H, Rogers with a D. Um, yeah, I love to make videos and make reels and just be very, very crazy in a fun way. <laughs> it's always fun over there. So definitely join me there. That's awesome. And uh-huh. Yeah, I Instagram is the best for DMs. So you can follow me at Roselight Event Planning and feel free to DM me. I always answer my DMs. But if you like TikTok too, you can follow me there. I really enjoy TikTok. My at is YEG Wedding Planner. I keep meaning to ask you about that actually, because I'm afraid of the TikTok, but uh, <laughs> you seem to be having fun over there. So I'll ask you about it sometime. Yeah. <laughs> and Rachel. So I have a free Facebook group where I talk all about human design and copywriting and messaging and it's aligned copy posse it's Facebook groups. So, yeah. Oh, so cool. People who listen to the aligned action podcast, I'm sure would be interested in aligned copy. I didn't even know you had that group. So now uh -huh. I'm going to go and join. That's very exciting. <laughs> Um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, and thank you to all of you for being here. Uh, an event like this is a little out of my comfort zone. Uh, and you all were just the most fantastic guests to have for the first installment of that. Uh, so thank you for being here, for being vulnerable, for sharing about your patterns and what alignment feels like to you in action. You know, those are like very like close to the heart kind of topics. So I appreciate you taking the time and connecting here with the Aligned Action Podcast people. Thank you for listening to the Aligned Action Podcast. I hope this episode has helped you take the first step to turn your ideas and insights into income. For one-on-one -on -one guidance and done-for-you solutions, visit clearquartzcreative.co to see how we can work together. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Each review helps me to help more entrepreneurs like you dig deeper and get crystal clear. Until next week, remember, you're a gem. Every intention you set and every action you take is an expression of being the brilliant business owner you already are.